All right, all right, all right. We are live. Give us one second. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time you just so happen to be catching this, we are here for another live recording of Speak Life with Erica Nicole. This is episode 71. And let me tell you something. I know God is getting ready to do something magnificent because the enemy be doing what he do. But I am so glad, guys. I have been off social media for a total of three days. Never in my life. Let me just be honest. Never in my life have I ever taken a social media fast. I've never taken a sabbatical for social media. I've always remained plugged in, but I did it. And ooh, we child, I needed it. I didn't realize how much I was plugged in to the life of other people via social media. So I am excited because I'm here with another co-author from If Resilience Was a Person. There's the book, guys, right? I'm so, uh, this, this book excites me, Visionary Paula Lorraine. So I am here with another one of the co-authors. I told you guys I'm going to rock this series for a while. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to let her introduce herself. I always love, love, love to hear women give their self accolades because we deserve them. And a lot of times we don't give it to ourselves. So my sister, go ahead and give yourself accolades. Tell everybody who you are and why you are my co-host for today. <laughs> All right. So my name is Naylan Williams. I am a graduate of the University of Oklahoma twice over. Until recently, I was in OU country, but somehow um, did not get swept up in the hype with the football team because I am just different. I am a PK. Um, there's some things that I've done in my life that has fallen into the bad stereotypes and the good stereotypes of being a PK. And the reason why I am here is because, like she said, I was a co-author in the anthology that we were in, and I felt like it was time for me to start writing, start telling my story, start um, being able to inspire people with the things that God has allowed me to see, go through, deal with, even put on other people and learn how to forgive myself for it. So there's just a lot of things that I'm just really excited about hearing and doing tonight. Well, I am excited. What was, okay. Moving on, we're having a little technical difficulty, but we're not gonna let that stop us. We are going to move on in Jesus' name. I see everybody coming in. Guys, say hi to us. Say hi on the Facebook stream, whether you're on Wake, Pray, Shine, whether you're over on my personal page, whether you're on the co-host page, whether you're on YouTube. Come on, give us a hello. Give us a hashtag live if you're live. And for those of you that are going to catch this replay, give us a hashtag replay. Podcast friends and family. I am doing another live recording on a Thursday, right? I do this every Thursday, and then it goes live over on the podcast platform, which is nationally, internationally syndicated. So every one of your podcast platforms that you enjoy a podcast on, you can find Speak Life with Erica Nicole. So I'm excited, but stop, because I guess I missed the part that you were a PK. Yes. I totally missed that. So my children are double PKs. <laughs> my three nice. girls, bless their heart, they are double PKs. Myself and my ex-husband, um, their father, is are preachers. 
He preached oh, nice. in younger years. I started ministering when they got older, right? And now I've accepted my full call. Crazy. Awesome. I did not know that. What was that like being a PK? Okay, so I was a PK in a church where they, um, if you were an associate minister, they didn't want to call you pastor. There was a lot of weirdness and red tape at the church where I grew up at, where you looked at the Bible and looked at what they did and a lot of stuff didn't match. But anyway, so being like at the church where I grew up at, my dad was, and last I checked, still is the longest running um, preacher who was there. And it was very much, there was a lot of pressure. And I feel like there was a lot of pressure because there wasn't really taught there. There was a lot of keeping up appearances. And I feel like in the black community and a lot of the time in the black church as well, there's a lot of this attitude of keep up appearances. Your kids are preachers kids. So your kids are automatically going to be bad is the stereotype. And what my dad wanted to prevent is, no, my kids aren't going to be bad. So there was a lot of strictness. There was a lot of rules. And he did a lot of what he could to um break away from the generational curses of his family because his family was not in ministry at all like his dad was trying to write a book about why god wasn't real i mean that is how deep of a turnaround it was from my ancestors if it, if it how god wasn't real Yes. So I, I have a lot of very interesting things in my lineage on both sides of the family, as it will eventually be known. But anyway, so that was his dad. My dad is a preacher, but he becomes a preacher at a church that has leadership that has a lot of power, but also a lot of insecurities. So then my dad took on some of the things that um some of the things that the leadership was doing because he was like, I like what this leadership looked like. But the issue is he didn't look at their kids and realize that he didn't like their kids very much. So there was just kind of, <laughs> no, there was different traits that he didn't like that. Unfortunately, if he was going to raise us like their dad did, there was a chance that we would turn out with the traits that he didn't like. And he That's didn't really notice that. So a lot of the time, what I feel like in the African-American community with parenting, uh, we look at, and it's like, oh, I wanna be powerful. I want all of my kids to be here, but we don't look at how those things end up making the kids turn out. We look at, oh, that's easier for me, so I don't got to deal with my issues and heal. I could just yell at this kid, and it's like, no, this is how they turn out as an adult. So that's kind of, weirdly enough, being a preacher's kid kind of made me look at preacher's kids who are older than me, pastor's kids who are older than me, bishop's kids who are older than me, and seeing the trajectory of if the per uh, person actually Jesus stole the way, or if they had some leaven and how the leaven affected the generation. So yeah, it's, it's been an interesting and interesting thing. Yeah, this is, this is going to be amazing. So amazing. Um, I'm excited. I'm catching a little feedback. Is your phone, the sound down on your phone? Hold on. I need to, I know you're using fake. You, you did your Facebook. So just make sure all the sound is down. This is going to be amazing because You've already dropped some significant bombs. It's what I do. Right? Be and I love it. I love it because I already see that you're a disruptor. Yes. You come to cause disruption, right? To make yes. people really sit back and look like, yo, am I really kingdom or not? Am I right. really just, am I walking it like I talk it or am I faking the funk? Right. 
And I think that's like, uh, and that's good because a lot of times what we see is people, what I like to call putting lipstick on a pig. Flat out. We got this big, nasty, ugly pig and we done put some lipstick on it. Talking about, is it pretty? No, it's still a pig. No, and the thing is half the time that lipstick be some brown lipstick that is like made out of poop. So it makes it even worse at that point. A lot of the time, the things that we do to cover up the pig, a lot of the time, the things that we put on pearls, it's like this, them ain't pearls. This is like little curled up pieces of notebook paper that you put in some paper clips. So a lot of the time, we think that we're making stuff look nice. We think that we're giving like dropping bombs and giving wisdom and walking as a Proverbs 31 woman. And if you really look at the Bible and what it says about how you treat people, not just how you treat people, but how you think about people. Um, as he, th uh, there's a verse in Proverbs that talks about as a man thinketh, so is he, he drinks safety to thee, but his heart is not with thee. A lot of people say, whatever you think, that's what you're going to be. And while that's true, in that verse, in context, it was talking about eating the dainty meats of a person with an evil eye, meaning you could be nice and be like, here, I made you a casserole, and the person go throw up because they can feel in that food that you don't, you're not with them, you're not for them. So with that, and literally, I know people don't like the word throw up, but that's basically what it hey, says. Hey, we keep it raw and real over here on Speak Life with Erica Nicole. So if the word is if the word is the word, right? That's the word right. you use. That's the word you use. We're not trying to um, antagonize anybody, make anybody ill, but yeah, right. It is what it is. What what else? Upchuck, vomiting. It just is what it is. But I right. get what you're saying, right? Because yes, as a man thinketh, but what are we moving in? Right. How are we thinking about that person? What are our thoughts about that person? Because right. I think it goes back to the word where mm -hmm. it says, touch not my anointed and mm -hmm. do my prophet no harm. Right. All of us carry a level of anointing, even right. a homeless person on the street, unless right. they have um, um, denounce God, right? They right. carry a level of anointing. So what are your thoughts about that person? Because your thoughts become things. Mm -hmm. Right? You, right? Your thoughts become words and your words become things. So what are you saying about that individual that is now manifesting in their lives or better yet, manifested in your life because mm -hmm. the saved you sow is the harvest you reap. Right. And that's Ooh. like another thing with that is like whatever you feel, it, whatever you feel about that, you may never, ever voice what you feel. You may never voice that you don't like somebody. You might just sit there and be the type of person who goes, mm. but if you sit there and try to pretend there is a, a verse in Proverbs that says he that hides hatred and he that speaks slander is a fool. So with that, if you pretending like you are cool with people that you're not cool with, God ain't exactly happy with that either. Because you fake it or fuck. And that's the thing. God wants us to be honest. God wants us to be honest if we're mad at him. And a lot of the time I feel like because of 
what people have said Jesus is, what people have said Christianity is supposed to be versus what it actually is in the Bible, a lot of people are like, oh, I must be on my P's and Q's and pretend that I don't hate anybody. And they're not even honest with themselves to God about how they feel about situations. There's a lot of women, grown, bad wording women who are mad at their daddies who are dead and won't do anything about it because there's this culture of honor in the black community and a lot of times um borderlines on ancestor worship so yeah that's you you know i don't even know what to say because that is so real Mm -hmm. it is so real because we i just a lot of times in the church or in some churches let me say that right um, right we don't operate with true deliverance Mm -hmm. we don't get to the core of a thing so someone can actually be free see yes jesus said came to set us free but -hmm. there's a process to that thing and you cannot i love it because miosha harding when she was on here she said it you cannot heal what you want to conceal you can keep covering up and covering up all day long but at the end of the day in the core of you is this thing called hate now you're wondering why you got acne why you wonder why you got high blood pressure now you're wondering why your stomach hurt now you're wondering why this is happening and this is happening and this is happening that's because you got all this stuff inside of you that you keep packing around confessing every year gonna be your year when it's not gonna be your year because you want to unpack the stuff so you can actually show up in the freedom that jesus came to give you right i mean there's a lot of people spinning their wheels and calling it faithfulness and not just what you said with um in their own body a lot some of it is like you wondering why your kids are acting out. Your kids are acting out because you having an anxiety attack because somebody had a trigger and your kids know that when that happens and your kids is grown and then your grandkids start acting out and you like, why is everybody? Well, somebody done got some pistachio ice cream in. When your daddy broke you up with your boyfriend, he tried to buy you some pistachio ice cream. And now every time you see pistachio ice cream, you got a problem. And now everybody in your generation's got a problem with pistachio ice cream and pistachio ice cream ain't done nothing to them. So. Somebody pass the offering plate, right? (laughs) Pass the offering plate because y'all need to invest in that prophetic word that you just got. Y'all, do you recognize when God speaks? You need to get delivered. If you yeah. know that the song is a trigger, it is the answer is not to stop listening to the song. The mm-hmm. answer is to get delivered from whatever happened to you when the song was played. Mm-hmm. If the song still reminds you of your grandma who's been gone for 45 jillion years, you need to get delivered from that grief guilt shame or whatever it is you're packing right it still shouldn't break you down where you in the floor come on now jesus right but the thing is it's like it seems like there is an issue with some people it's almost a suffering contest 
like I got done worse in life than you. And it's like, ain't we, you keep saying this year is your year, but why do you keep celebrating that you more broke down than other people? And when you sinned, you didn't show up for months at a time because you were so shamed when God is a restorer. I mean, it's like just a misunderstanding and mismatching of what God said versus what tradition. And it just irks me that people perpetuate, pedal out, pimp out, whatever, a doctrine and a theology that's not even serving them. That bothers me. Y'all, that was beautiful. That right there, because that is what's happening, right? When I first gave my life to Christ, the first time, of course, there was nothing. And then the second time I went to church, but yet and still, there still was nothing. But oh, now, now that I'm studying the word to show myself approved, now I'm not going with the doctrine that's being preached, but the doctrine that I'm getting out of this word. And I understand that I really can lay the hands on the sick and be healed. Matter of fact, I can lay my hands on myself and be healed, that I can break the soul tie, that I can uh, call the the curse out and render it void and ineffective, that I can do these things. See, Jesus said we should do greater works. Yes. And he's when he said greater works, this is the thing that I love about the greater works thing, because I've heard this be said so wrong. People say, well, when Jesus said greater works, he said that you were going to do more works because there was more of you. No, he meant greater. Okay. So here's the thing that happens at a lot of churches. A lot of pastors is like, you ain't going to be smarter than me. You're not going to be wiser than me. So everybody else underneath can only go up to here, but they get tired of hitting their head. So they end up down here. Then they end up having the same attitude. So next generation, you don't even see them. The generation you don't see, my hands you don't see, that's my generation not coming to church no more. Because if they want to have spiritual power, they feel like they got to go to the world. But here's the thing. When Jesus said greater works, Jesus was already off screen all the way up. So what do we have in the New Testament? We have uh, Paul, some guy, uh, Paul was trying to witness to somebody. And this dude, Elimas, was getting in the way. And Paul was like, you know what, blindness Blindness happened. Ananias and Sapphira, you didn't lie to me. You lied to Holy Spirit. Dead. Peter's shadow healing people. Now, granted, all the works that Jesus did could not, all the books would fill up the whole world. But you never heard of Jesus having people sitting there and being like, shadow, let me hope that his shadow will pass over me. No, the closest thing we got to that was touching. So with that, yes, there was some cooler, awesomer things. There's people who, you know how it's like after, uh, I don't remember who baptized the eunuch, but the dude who baptized the eunuch, how he got put in the whirlwind. I've heard of people being whirlwinded and God can still teleport people. God can still heal people. God can do a lot of cool stuff that's not happening in these churches that are like, well, Here's the thing. A lot of people who have positions in churches have it because of their hard work and not because of the demonstration of a pure and undefiled relationship with Christ. They've done a lot of stuff. They've been in the way for a long time, but you've been in God's way for a long time, too. Girl, we are making some people mad tonight. I don't care. Let me me give a disclaimer, guys. Understand we are talking kingdom. Yes. We are not talking religion. We are not talking tradition. We are talking kingdom. Mm -hmm. This is a kingdom 
conversation that many are not ready for. Mm-hmm. Because if you have not truly seen the manifestation of signs and wonders mm-hmm. in your church, if and you deliver. have not seen people deliver, just had mm-hmm. deliverance on Sunday in our church, if you for real, for real, your church goes by a script every Sunday and that flows with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. then you don't understand the conversation. And I'm just going to be real. I can honestly say that because I go by, go to a church and we flow with the spirit. Whatever the spirit says will happen. We may not never get up there in the pulpit and say what well, thus say the Lord, but we Come go on. in spirit and truth. Come on. We're going to deliver. We're going to get you healed. We're we going to do what Jesus actually does rather than do the what greater works. We're going to do the greater works. Amen. So, okay, the book. Tell us, and I don't want you to tell your give your story away because I want people to reach out to you and purchase your book, sign copy. So into this young woman, so into this or this minister, this woman of God, right? That walks with him daily. So into her, right? So into kingdom. Um, but why this that you put in the book, and why now? Okay, so with what I put in the book, I was still going through a lot of my healing process with that um healing from stuff from my childhood i was actually healing from stuff what is it i left the church where i grew up at in 2020 and god basically had me go through this whirlwind adventure where that should be a book in and of itself but i don't know if it's going to be a podcast or a ted talk or a poem or a song I had put in my description that I'm like a prophetic creative and in so much that that's really what it is. So it's not just that I speak about things, but I speak, I sing, I dance, I write, I write music. So there's a lot of things to it, but there was things from my childhood that I was healing from and things that had happened at the church where I grew up at and concerning people from the church where I grew up at, at another church. So there was different things that I was processing with that. But at the time, I felt like I could really mostly only write about um, some of the things from my childhood that was like just weird stuff with my dad. But that was really um, it. But it's like, I really feel like everything that I wrote about, it's like, that's almost not even me anymore. It's like, I kind of almost don't really care. (laughs) And it's not even me trying to be like mean or spiteful. It's just kind of like, I thought those things were a big deal at the time to some extent when I was writing it. And now it's just like, there's been so much healing within this year that it's like, it doesn't really stick like it used to, but I needed to get practice on getting my story out and being willing to say names and kick behind and doing what I needed to do. Because I know that a lot of my testimony is going to be talking about the same people who said, don't talk about your church, don't talk about your families, who had the jankiest church families, and they was the founding pastor, founding bishops, kids, daughters, granddaughters, and it's like, nah, not that I'm really wanting, and here's the thing, I need y'all to understand, I'm not saying this from a point of vengeance, I'm saying this from a point of teaching. Because I do have a big thing where my heart is for teaching. My heart is for telling people about the stuff that the Bible actually says versus what certain traditions say. Amen. 
And, so and with that, it was just, necessary. Yes. So it was it, for me, it was a start of getting practice of getting that out. So that basically was kind of almost a training wheels, a training wheels writing. So we will see how everything else goes. I love that you said that the writing was part of your healing process, though. Um, every anthology that I have been in, right, it's been a different season and a different part of my healing process as well. And yeah. a lot of the authors that have come on have stated that, like, it was a big part of their healing process to regurgitate, yeah, right, that information out. And the beauty of it all is someone's life will be changed because you said, I'll tell my story. Right. I'll tell my testimony. Yes. I will tell how God turned my message, my mess into a message. Right. And, and I love that you pointed out you're not even that person anymore. Yeah. Because that's called deliverance. That's called freedom. And I do yes. believe that was a part of your process. So mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. But you said something a minute ago about your generation and not going to church. And I want to I want to ask you a question. In your opinion, guys, understand that I'm saying in her opinion, what can be done to bring them back to the church, bring them back to kingdom? Because and I, let me tell you why I asked that. I okay. just see a lot of mixed messages. Mhm. Mm I'm seeing a lot of mixed messages. I'm seeing God-fearing millennials smudging and, and, and doing things that are not of God, right? When we cleanse the atmosphere in God, we cleanse it with the oil. We cleanse it with our words. We cleanse it with prayer. We are not praying to our ancestors because our ancestors are dead and we are not bringing the dead back. Um, like things like that, right? So how do we, what, what needs to be done other than truth? Other than truth to be done. That's, I feel like truth. Here's the issue for some people that God fear and grandmama, one of your uncles don't belong to your grandfather. And she was doing that type of stuff in the background. And that got found out and she was acting all holy, holy, but that was happening in the background. There's some people who, oh, Holy Spirit done told them that I was at the club last night. No, they're a witch. They were astral projecting. And that's how they knew that you were at the club last night because they were using witchcraft. So what I feel like, what I would refer to as my generation, they're doing I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and smudging because grandma was I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and cancer season. And that was not something that God told us to do, to put our identity in anything other than him. So yeah. the issue is the first generation had this much mixture. And then as the generations go on, the amount of mixture increased. So it takes the generational curse breakers. It takes those who are willing to not just um, ruffle feathers, 
Because you can just be malignant and ruffle feathers and just be like, because I used to be that way. I used to be like, uh, think that the more holy I was, was the more people was ticked off at what I had to say because I was just being cantankerous. And it's like, no, it's like, if they don't like the word of God, they don't like the word of God. You're just being mean, Naylan. So, um, but also a demonstration of power because a lot of the time people watch their grandmama be broke all her life and be like, God's gonna get me out or I'm just waiting for that sweet by and by. But they get to this other person or the cool auntie who's like a Buddhist or whatever and it seemed like she got a business or there's this other person who you know don't nobody in the family talk to or whatever and it's like ooh, she burning sage and she got a nice husband meanwhile i've been watching my mama get beat up by all her baby daddies but it seemed like she got a nice husband over there and it's so what we end up doing that's truly the misrepresentation it is because yeah. nowhere in the word did it say we had to suffer and be poor. Yeah. Nowhere in the word did it say we could not have businesses, that we yeah. could not speak. Like nowhere in the, the Proverbs 31 woman was a business owner, for God's sake. And uh, evidently purchased land on a whim. Had the money to purchase land on a whim. And, and give and everybody treats so when funny, she woke up in the morning. Because when you go back in time, mm-hmm. right, this woman biblically right mm-hmm. before Christ was able to purchase property and these things but then you had the audacity mm-hmm. to not let a woman purchase property outside of her husband oh that's a whole nother subject but here's the thing that's funny and I love how Jesus turned that upside down so you know how Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha was in the kitchen sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning was actually a man's position absolutely. in that culture absolutely so with that Mary the thing I love about Jesus is how much stuff he turned upside down, whether tradition necessarily caught on or not. Like even what is it? Um, different people, if they would look up June, look up Junia, she technically was an apostle mentioned in like spelling. Say Thessalonians, I can't remember. Spelling Junia was a, and then there is Fotini. So the woman at the well. She ended up being high ranking in the church, too. So here's the thing that bothers me. A lot of churches can say their church history of their denomination, but they don't know the uh, church history of the early church enough to know what roles women can and were in in high ranking positions. But they'll be able to tell you Martin Luther King did Martin. Lu- Look, Fotini actually talked to Jesus. OK, I mean, I would, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. Girl, man, but it's, but that's the thing. That's where we're at. That's where we need to be because it's time to get an understanding on what thus said the Lord Mm -hmm. and quit faking the funk. Like we know what thus said the Lord Mm -hmm. and truly get an understanding what freedom looks like, what deliverance looks Mm -hmm. like what healing looks like. Because mm-hmm. I want to kind of be like Enoch and I just want psh, to be gone. I don't blame that. But where I feel like there's a lot of fear. Where they, What's the movie Left Behind? Where he, and I'm just deuces. But here's the thing. A lot of people, a lot of the people who are in that traditional mindset, they feel the same way. And here's the thing. God, did, God saved us 
for us to go save other people. So as much as those cantankerous people get on our nerves, it could be that we're supposed to go back to save them. But here's the thing. They're basically, okay, there's stories in the Bible that basically show that the traditional hardline people of today are very similar to the scribes and Pharisees when it comes to certain things. And uh, man, I could go another 20 minutes about that, but I'm not going to. I'm going to be nice um, because it's like teaching the word is like one of my favorites. But seriously, there's a lot of fear because in a culture of don't let them see you sweat, in a culture of you keeping up with the Joneses, in a culture of you better not embarrass me, in that type of culture, doing the new thing that God wants to do and being a novice, you're going to stumble sometimes. You're going you to make some missteps. It's like God is doing a new thing. Okay, I think it's in that direction and just trip over yourself trying to figure it out. And people would rather be like, well, I'm just going to do the old thing because I know how to do the old thing. And here's the thing. God let the temple stay for 40 more years after Jesus died and the temple was irrelevant. God let Saul be king for 15 more years and God had fired Saul. And then there was another part of and then part of the kingdom after Saul died still had one of Saul's sons for uh, seven years be king of like part of the kingdom and whatever. So with that, it's like, um, because of the fact that a lot of people are afraid of falling on their faces, they're afraid of being the new kid. They're afraid of not, cause it's like, if you go to a church and at that church, you're like King James version is the real version. Cause that's the version that James and Jesus read. That is literally something I have heard at the church where I grew up at. And that is literally something that I have talked about online that other people have heard. When you sit there and you're the expert in that and it's wrong, but you saying it's strong, but it makes you look smart. It's hard to go to other stuff and find out and learn when, when you can be the expert, but you can be the expert and wrong and be like the children of Israel offering sacrifices that God ain't accepting for 40 years and then be like Saul still in the kingship and stuff like that. And you need to be repenting and sitting down rather than trying to kingify, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I am, uh, yeah, past the offering plate. <laughs> That's it. But but I knew this was going to be one of those conversations, right? Mm-hmm. I, I knew who you were in the spirit. I fully understood the assignment and I knew it was going to be raw and real. And there are some people that are slightly aggravated, frustrated, a little mad um, from hearing this, but this is real. This is real and it is time to be free because the problem is, is we got 90 gajillion churches talking about God coming back for a church without a spot or a, bl- a wrinkle. Mm-hmm. But everybody think it's their church. And just they church or only churches and they church networks that they church is friends with. Yeah. When in real life, their garments, they think their garment is white. Yeah. And it's time to walk this thing out for real. Their garment um, is straight up gray with yeah, Paisley it's on time and to they walk done convince themselves that it's white. It is time to get on our face. It is time to push mm-hmm. back our plates. It is time to mm-hmm. get in the word. 
It is mm-hmm. time to walk this thing out for real. It is time mm-hmm. and all by getting to get an understanding. Yes. And the understanding sometimes goes far beyond the Bible. There mm-hmm. is, look up the words, look up the definition, look up the Hebrew, look up the Greek. Yes. Whatever you get, talk to God. Because there's some stuff in the Hebrew and in the Greek. There's some stuff I'm going to be nice to you and not talk about some of the stuff I know about in Song of Solomon. If you actually translated it in the Greek and the Hebrew, I'm going to be nice to you. I'm going to say that off camera. But there's a lot of stuff. I mean, but here's the thing. There's even some stuff in Ezekiel that was really descriptive, too. And I think it's real funny how people be like telling their kids, read the Bible. The Bible got everything. And then when they get a verse like that, they like, oh, oh. and that's another thing. Sexuality in the church, but that's like, mm. but it's a. Yeah, God, God can't heal a facade. He cannot. He can't heal a facade. He, he can't and he won't. Mm-hmm. He because the scripture clearly says. If my people who are called by my name, this is my part, will turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal, hear, and heal. See, we got to do our part. If you ain't turning, you ain't revealing, God ain't healing. He ain't hearing, and he ain't going to heal, period. Mm-hmm. You can go to the altar 90 gajillion times. You can take the Lord's Supper 90 gajillion times. You can be at church every time the door opens. Yet and still. If mm-hmm. you are not prostrate, if you're not postured, that's the word I'm trying to use, in the proper position, which is fully aligning with God, it ain't going to happen. Right. And that's the thing that's scary about that is one of the people at the church where I grew up at, God had told her to leave that church a long time ago. Mm. And God had me thinking about how everything that she was involved in after God told her to leave at that church, those were things that she was not supposed to have a hand in. And here, catch this part. That was the one who throughout my childhood and young adulthood preached about being in your set place and she was not in her set place so with that every every relationship that was created or destroyed every out of wedlock baby that was born or not born to those relationships every conference every word spoken to young child to adult if you are like being and that's the thing the whole thing of being And that's like one of the things I wanted to talk about with the whole thing of yes, isn't always going to look like what you think it'll look like. So with that, I feel like a lot of people are staying in the old time way when God done moved on because they realize God's going to have them doing some stuff that look funny. Like people named their kid Ezekiel and it's like Ezekiel had to eat bread with poop mixed on it, lay on his side naked in front of everybody and eat poop bread. So the Ezekiel bread stuff, that's not an ingredient in Ezekiel bread. But in Ezekiel, that's literally what he had to do. So with that, a lot of the time we'll be like, for God, I'll live and for God, I'll die. And it's like, 
there was prophets who had to, we, we talk about the one that had to marry the prostitute, but we don't talk about the ones that had to do shameful things of walking around naked. We don't talk about the ones that had to wear funny and messed up clothes to show this is what y'all's covering looks like to God because y'all won't let him restore, restore y'all's righteousness. Y'all trying to call yourself being righteous in your own strength. So there's just a lot of, it, it's it's a lot. It gets to be analyzed. We and it's only like, yeah. want to talk about the pretty things. Huh? We only want to talk about the pretty things. Yes. We only want to talk about the easy things. Yes. We don't want to talk about the hard times, the isolation, the loneliness mm-hmm. that comes with truly walking with God. I was talking to my mm-hmm. friend who operates um, in the gift of prophecy. Um, mm-hmm. We were sharing this morning how lonely this mm-hmm. place is. Because mm-hmm. everybody ain't calling you to go nowhere. Right. Everybody ain't wanting to kick it with you. Because right. they know you different. We right. truly are a peculiar people. And right. I remember even in my childhood vacillating mm-hmm. back and forth, being a chameleon, trying to fit in, not mm-hmm. understanding why I did not fit in. Mm-hmm. But literally every time I did something wrong, being called up on the carpet quickly because God did not allow me to play over there long. Right. And now here I am and as an adult and I'm like, oh, this is what it was all the time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ne- But nobody, let me tell you something. This has been a joy. We gonna have to do a part two because this conversation yes. has to it has yes. to continue, but it is, it's it's time to empower the people yes. to understand you really can go to God before him naked yourself uh-huh. and say, God, this right here, mm-hmm. I'm revealing it. I'm no longer concealing it. Please heal it. Take it away. And right. then you can celebrate your healing. Right. You can you can grab that for yourself. You don't right. have to stay in grief and loneliness and depression. And you don't have to stay angry and bitter and full of malice. Uh-huh. You, you don't have to. I live, I'm telling you, there's mm-hmm. some things I've been dealing with my whole life. Mm-hmm. And this last fast, I said, look at here, God. Uh-huh. No more. Deliverance hey. comes now. In the name of Jesus, I'm calling forth my deliverance. It was me, my pastor, the elders, uh-huh. me, God the Father, God the Come Son, on. God the Holy Spirit. Come on. In my prayer place, I'm pointing over here to my rug. We got through and we got down because I don't want it anymore. No longer will I say, oh, that's just the way I am. Come nah, on. Thank you. Because you're like that doesn't mean you got to stay like that. Come on. It's a choice. And if you want to be free, God gives you the choice to mm-hmm. be free. The choice and the tools. The tools mm-hmm. and the power. And if you need people to help you, he will put you around people who can help you get he there. If you help. want it. And that's the issue. Healing don't always look attractive because of the isolation. Because you have to, in some ways, refill the pain. If you're going to really deal with it and there's like this thing called uh, debridement 
where it's like basically if you have a wound and they have to take all the dead oh, stuff out of the wound all that bad stuff away so a lot of people sit there and it's like i want to keep this band-aid on here because it don't hurt as bad but at the same time homie your arm is falling off and is gangrenous and you and people can see it except for you and goose it yeah so you got to get the debridement which is a sharp tissue where he takes a knife the surgeon mm -hmm. takes a knife, goes mm -hmm. in the wound. Come on, y'all know y'all speaking my language. I'm a nurse. So we're going to talk medical for a minute. Amen. Right? I He's was almost going to sharp knife, mm -hmm. the scalpel. He's going to mm -hmm. cut away all the dead, rotted tissue. And mm -hmm. then he's probably going to do a wet to dry treatment. Or mm -hmm. he's going to do a wound vac, right? Where he's going to put something in there. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to have to rip it out every time it's done to do a new dressing to bring forth the healing. And it's going to heal in what stages, which means you may not be delivered immediately, which means you may be tested, which means you Come may on. go through therapy, which means you. Come on. You may have to change some things, your address, your phone number, your Facebook. You may and have that's to some of the stuff that God made me have to do. You may have to block some people. You may mm -hmm. have to denounce some or some organizations. You may have to change the way you do things, where you go, where you hang out. Maybe you got to leave the church you've been going to since heck was a pup because that's where your family went, but you ain't getting delivered. Come on. I'm just, All y'all sitting in there broken. Service after broke service. And broken. Non-delivered. Holy Spirit ain't visited. And y'all come on. There's a spirit there, but it ain't holy. And that's been doing a lot of work. I, I'm so, and I'm gonna say this, and we finna wrap this up because we can really go on forever. Mm -hmm. Why even go if you have yet to see the true manifestation of God? If you're reading the word and you're talking about people being healed and you're hearing God turning water into wine and walking on the water and people being healed of leprosy and the issue of blood and people being resurrected from the dead, yet and still you have yet to see that in all your years. Why are you still going to the church? The church that I grew up at actually had a person say, oh, I don't want nobody come out no cast it. That would be scary. And that's one of the reasons why I said there was a lot of fear. Okay, let's wrap this you know up. What? God resurrect, resurrected my resurrect. I want to. That's how I feel. I want to see limbs restored. I want to see teeth grow back. I want to see vision restored. I, I want to see. I know people who have had that happen. I want to see women that had a, a hysterectomy get pregnant. Come on, I that that's the Jesus I serve, and that's yes. what I want to see. I guess that type of stuff. I want to see people that done had knee replacements go to the doctor, and the doctor be like, Where is the metal that I put in your knee? And I, I know of some people who have some dissolved metal that ain't in their body no more. So that's it's like I want to see more. That's what I, I was mentioned to see at this point. God show me you today. Because what he said in his word is as it is in heaven, on earth, as it is in heaven. And see, we only think about the streets paved with gold. No, in heaven, people, when you ascend to heaven, right, we say that people are restored. Yes. So Shoo. And with that, we're going to pass the offering plate. Y'all, this was amazing. <laughs> in the show notes is Arthur woman of God's information contact her 
follow her, connect with her, inbox her if you need some deliverance. You want to know more about what she's talking about, right? She is an open book and she walks with God daily. This has been an absolute pleasure. I know my life has been changed. I know I operated in obedience today by putting you on this podcast today in the ninth hour after after a cancellation. God is not playing. This yes. was an absolute treat. When I get off, I'm probably going to have to run a lap, get a little shout in before I move on to my next because I'm sitting here, like the old saints say, holding my mule. Baby, I'm trying to hold it. Come on. on. Because this was real. Yes. This was so real. I I'm absolutely like, love God, the God. For real. I love the God in you. I love the kingdom warrior that you are. And I cannot wait to see what God does. Look, Oklahoma City, I'm going to say this, right? I'm going to keep it real with y'all. If you want to come to a church, where these things that she and I have shared about. I'm going to need y'all to come on down to 2145 North Hood, Dominion and Glory International, where Pastor Apostle Ricky T.L. Hunt Jr. is the apostle, and where we get down with the Holy Spirit, not sometime, but all the time. All the time. It is time for a change. And if you are ready for a change, Get in your word and go after your change. Thank you. Thank you for letting God use you on my podcast. You always have a seat as my guest host. You have blessed my socks off today. Thank God. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for giving me a space to tell the truth. For real. Because that's what we do over here is tell the truth. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Have a great evening.